You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Techland Podcast number 300 and what is it, 89? 89. 89. A lot of shows. Um, I think we got some good topics this week. I'm yeah. looking forward to it. We've done some prep this week. Yay! Yay, Oz! Um, I do want to start, though. You sent me a video. Your yeah. your daughter was in the play Hairspray. She was, yeah. They. Did. I, I very much enjoyed the video, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, it was It was good. I, was, uh, I found out afterwards, by the way. Apparently, I wasn't supposed to be filming any of that because kids. <laughs> Somebody said to me, the show's been on four nights this week. Um, and it's at uh, it's not in the school. It's at a, an external theatre. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was there last night, the last night. And um, somebody said, "Oh yeah," um, a, like a, a, a friend, a parent of one of Charlotte's friends said, "Oh yeah, where we were sat, somebody was filming with their smartphone. And somebody came up and told them to stop doing it." <laughs> I, went, I went hell the first night. I was sat in the front row with a, a, an SLR and a monopod. Nobody said anything to me. <laughs> Why aren't you supposed to film? Because. Um, you you might be inadvertently filming. Well, you will be inadvertently filming other people's children without their permission. Well, who cares if it's for your private? Your child is up there too. Well, you know, in 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 these these days of uh, kind of more woke times, your private enjoyment could mean a variety of different things when it comes to other people's children. It's ridiculous, you know. And and then of course as well most people will post that stuff to social media, which means you're then sharing other people's children with the internet. Uh, and that is all. Welcome to 2019. Life. Yeah, I know, but it's, if you don't, if you don't like it, then don't let your kid have a public performance. Well, well they'd rather certainly in, in Britain, they'd rather try and police the shows and stop people from taking pictures. Yeah. So good luck uh, with there that. you go. Anyway, we digress. She was yeah. in the show. Um, she was in the chorus and then she had, a small part that I uh, I filmed as well, where she was the um, anybody who knows hairspray knows that the um, the plot is that the, there's a, a big girl who likes dancing and she manages to get on a on a TV show in the sixties uh, and then she uses that as a platform for uh, her her take on civil rights in the sixties and they end up in prison and my daughter was playing the prison matron uh, and for a a, <laughs> a nine year old. She was surprisingly scary. <laughs> yeah, she was. I saw it. She yeah. she did a really good job. And it it looked like she took more to that role than the singing and dancing portion. Oh yeah, she's 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 an enthusiastic singer and dancer, but yeah, she's not um she's not really on it. She enjoys doing it, but she's not a great dancer by any stretch of the imagination. Um but yeah, she she enjoyed very much enjoyed the acting part. And, yeah, uh, I could tell. You know, uh, she, she also, the little hand on the hip, the look. I was just like, <laughs> wow, she's she's really good. Yeah, by by last night she was doing the you know the point the fingers to your eyes point at people thing as well. <laughs> so she was adding to it during the uh, uh-huh. performance as she grew grew more more in confidence. She said to me afterwards, she was really um, petrified was the word she said that first night, but you, you couldn't tell. No, absolutely not. You couldn't not. tell at all. So, uh, yeah, all power to her. But the thing is, I was able to send you that movie because I edited the footage together in iMovie. Um, and, uh, boy, that was an experience. So for long-time Mac users, we generally probably think of iMovie as an app on your Mac. And, uh, you know, you import your footage from your video camera, and it's... Um, non-linear video editing. It was very intuitive, very easy to use. I mean, you know, when iMovie first came out, man, there was 
dedicated websites to, to iMovie. I mean, it was yeah. a great piece of software. It but really it, was. It was revolutionary. Yeah, but it was very much modeled on the way professional software used. And, uh, and a few years ago, Apple revamped iMovie and basically rewrote it into something that was much more, much less reliant on a professional workflow and, and allegedly was much more um, kind of consumer-orientated. And, um, and it's terrible. It's fair, well, it's fair to say that everyone was pretty up in arms about it because they removed a lot of features, and they, those have gradually come back in time. So the situation I faced was that I sat down to do this on my Mac, and I realized I didn't have iMovie installed. And it's two and a half gigabytes, and uh, as regular listeners to the show know, my internet connection sucks at home. So I thought, oh, no, I've got it on my iPad. I've got an iPad Pro. I'll just do it on there. And there the problem started. Uh-oh. First of all, getting the footage on there, if your, I, if your iPad is set up for uh, iCloud Photo Library, you can't just drag and drop the stuff onto, onto it from your uh, photos library on your Mac. It won't let you do that because, no, I've got to get it from the cloud. Well, I had like a gigabyte's worth of, of video. I did not want to sync that up and back down to the cloud just to get it on my iPad. Right, forever. So, so I, I fire up iTunes and I go to the files area and I drop, I see that iMovie has a files, um, you know, iTunes file sharing. So I drop it in there. <clears throat> the files don't show up in iMovie on the iPad because they're not in the, in the camera roll. Even though I've actually dropped them. So I've got gigabyte photos on the iPad that iMovie can't see. Uh, and even though they are in iMovie's file sharing area. I ended up having to load them into the file sharing area over the cable to a different application and then share them from that application to the photo roll before iMovie could see the, see the video. Kludgy. Well, kludgy and also probably something that wouldn't occur to most people. Um, no. And, and so I, I thought, well, I'll, finally I've got the footage in there. Now I can start working on this. And I expected to have a bit of a learning curve because I've not used iMovie on iOS for a very long time. But... Man, I I spent the first hour thinking that a whole load of things that I thought I could do on there had been removed from the products because I couldn't see how to do them, and and this was simple stuff. I could I could put the clips in the timeline, but trimming them the way that I wanted was different was difficult. Um, certainly separating the audio out so I could fiddle with the audio or perhaps put different audio in was completely unintuitive. Um, I then found that I wanted to put titles. You, you notice I had titles on each each of the sure. four, four clips, yeah? Well, when I first did the titles, they were the, on the whole clip. Like, So if it's a two-and-a-half-minute clip of a, yeah, of a, a two-and-a-half-minute title. Two title. That's not what I wanted. I wanted them to fade in and fade out. So I'm, I'm messing with that. I'm, I'm, I literally spent half an hour thinking, it doesn't do this. You know, and I was within a, a, a hair's breadth of actually taking the titles off when I did a bit of Google searching. And I found out, that, now how does this make sense to you? The way to do that is to put a split into the clip when you want the title to disappear and then only apply the title to the first split part of the clip. Instead of dropping in the clip and just giving it a time. Yeah, exactly. Which five is seconds. Most, yeah. Fade in, fade out, for, five seconds. Or, or even having a, a line that drags it out to say, so this, is one, this is how long I want it to, to be on for, and this is one right. so I want to so the, so the title would be on a separate track, a, in yeah. essence, a blank track, and then you just stretch out how far you want it to go. Now, the problem is it has a feature that does exactly what I want, but it's so unintuitive. If I hadn't Googled it, I never would have found out how to do that. And once you know it, you kind of, okay, well, that's the way it does it. And, you, and it becomes easy to do it then because you know how to do it. And but also as well, zooming in on clips. I knew that iMovie could do that. That's one of the main reasons you use a video editor is so you can zoom in on part of the frame. Right. Yeah. Um, and 
again, I couldn't figure out how to do it. I'm clicking on clips. Sometimes, do I need to edit it? Do I need to put it on a separate track? And, and the tracks, by the way, are completely unintuitive because iMovie does everything to kind of hide the fact that it can support more than one track. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't want you to know because that might get too complicated. Um, and, yeah, you, ends up, it turns out what you have to do with that is you have to click on the clip and then a very, very tiny magnifying glass will appear up in the preview window. And, I mean, literally, on, on, the, on my computer, it was about eight pixels high. Oh, yeah, you know? very intuitive. And, and, you, and you click on that, and then it opens up a, an interface that allows you to then zoom in and out on the, uh, on the clip. You know, and, and it's, so, it's just frustrating because, you know what, it makes... What's the point of having features that nobody can find? The help was no good, was no use, because you click on the help, and all it does is it puts labels on all the buttons. It doesn't really tell you how to do anything. And after all, this is a video editor. They could kind of have video tutorials in it if they wanted to. Sure. It just... It'd be pretty it just, easy. It frustrates me. Of pull down from the cloud. It wouldn't actually be yeah. on the... I know. It just frustrates me, because you know what? I actually produced what I thought was a pretty nice video in the end, but it was so much hard work trying to do it. Do you think it's... Because most people nowadays, when they're sharing clips and stuff like that, they're probably just uploading the whole thing to Facebook and they're not doing any kind of editing at all. Well, that, that, you know, I don't have a problem with that. That's fine. But in that case, don't make a video application that claims to be able to do more than just that. No, but I mean, my point is, do you think Apple doesn't care because most people aren't using it anyways? Or do you think most people aren't using it because it's so kludgy and no one can figure out how to but use it? But you know it? what? There's, there's, there's a group of guys down the, down the office hall from me who uh, have a YouTube channel. Uh, and so they're doing professional video stuff all the time, and everything in there is Apple. Yeah, this is... Movie editing is Apple's space. So does mm. not does not Apple, one of the world's largest companies, have the bandwidth... Everything down app- there is Apple, but I guarantee you... They're not using Apple software. Yeah, but they used to. Final well, they Cut used Pro to, used, but yeah, but Final, they, Final Cut Pro used to be the industry standard. Yeah, and they abandoned it. They didn't care anymore. But th- this is this is what I don't get. It's, when it's, Final it's, when Final Cut Pro X came out, ten, yeah. if you will, I did a whole show on this back in the day because I yeah. was using I was a professional video editor. It's one of the things that I did. It was horrible. It completely destroyed workflow. Uh, and how it interacted with files, and how you load files, and how you edit. It completely changed everything, but not for the better. And everybody immediately started going to Adobe. I can't think yep. of the name of their product now. Premiere. Premiere. Everybody yeah. went to Premiere, because yeah. it was still very much Final Cut Pro-like, and much more intuitive. Adobe just understood that this is what people want, instead of Apple's cludgeon just, you're going to do it our way. Is Apple one of the world's largest companies? You tell me they don't really have the bandwidth to support um, uh, not even pro apps, but prosumer apps, because that's what we're talking about here. It's not. It's I, not bandwidth. It's they don't care. It's uh, just a minor nothing to them. I, this is this is what I don't understand because the advantage of iMovie back in the day, and certainly iMovie on the on the iPad, which is uh, meant to be their kind of new golden platform the one that Tim Cook uses to run his business on, yeah, yeah, is is the whole point about what's the point of having an iPad Pro that's faster than a MacBook Air, yeah, if you're using the same video clip editor that runs on the iPhone and basically does nothing but string a couple of clips together and post them up onto YouTube. Right. 
Yeah, there's got to be some middle ground. Why, if, you, if you're going to, if you're going to a, a kind of abandon prosumer, why not say, all right, we're going to abandon prosumer on the map, but you know what, we're going to make some absolutely kick-ass prosumer iOS apps, like many other people are doing. Yeah, and and say, well, now, yeah, you want you want to do um, video editing more uh, more than just uh, you know your your kids' clip on the beach. Yeah, the iPad's where you do it, and that's where the power is. And guess what? We sell, we can sell you a, a, a device for less than the price of a laptop that's more powerful than the laptop and makes this stuff easy. You would think that, that would be a uh, a no-brainer. Yeah. Seriously, but for whatever reason, Apple is not doing that. Now, everything you just described is actually true, except it's just not Apple software that's good at doing it. Yeah. So, I, you know, it's an opportunity for third parties which is a good thing, um, but it's it's bad for the company that kind of popularized this whole prosumer video editing thing back in the 2000s, you know, and they just, yeah. they don't, it, it, it really does seem like they just don't care. Yeah, but the, the, the thing for me, what frustrates me about it is, is it's not a big jump from posting Instagram stories to, uh, you know, doing more professional stuff on YouTube. And the mm-hmm. advantage of, this equipment is that anybody can become, you know, a really kind of, you know, compared to what we used to be able to do, quite a serious prosumer. Yeah. And you can, uh, there are people who've literally built careers on it. There should be, a, this, Apple always used to be the space that bridged you between the, the absolute basic stuff uh, and then and then took you all the way up to professional if you wanted to. Uh, and they they have just walked away from it. And I just don't understand why. And there are still gaps because the gaps now is is uh, look at look at Adobe Premiere. There's there's Premiere Elements, yeah, but even Premiere Elements is going to be a big step up from just posting a couple of clips to Instagram. You're talking about a massive gulf in functionality and and user experience there. And Apple used to bridge that space, and they've just given up on it. I don't I, I don't get it. Hmm. Anyway, that was my experience of video editing. Well, um, maybe Apple needs to be broke up, right? <laughs> and that's what Elizabeth Warren is uh, proposing. The Verge actually sat down with her because she had made this. Uh, but, uh, you know, I kind of liked Elizabeth Warren at first. I think she's bonkers now, quite honestly. Um, her proposal at South by Southwest was she thinks that her, one of the things she wants to do if she gets elected president, and she'll, she's not going to get elected president, um, is she wants to break up Google, Facebook, and Amazon and the verge sat down with her and asked her about Apple. And she was like, absolutely. She wants to break up Apple as well. Um, this is her reasoning that Apple owns the platform, specifically the app store, and that they also sell their own products on the app store. And that's a competitive advantage. That's completely unfair because they also see what other people are selling in the app store for what price and that they have that demographic information on the customers. She doesn't seem to understand that the app store is a reason that it it exists in the first place. So Apple could sell their own products. They actually opened it up to competitors and lets competitors come in. It was never designed initially for competitors. The app store, if you go way back to when the iPhone first came out, was for Apple to distribute their products to you. Yeah. That's what it was for. And so then they opened it up because third parties wanted to also offer their products. Apple didn't have to do that, but they did. 
And that's one of the reasons that, the, because they control it, that they can police it. They can get rid of spying apps and porn apps and gambling apps and stuff like that. That's against their terms of service. And you don't have to worry about malware and, you know, Trojan horses and stuff like that. And if something does crop up, Apple's very quick to pull that stuff. Yeah. And also they provided a trusted play for, uh, pay, payment app, uh, platform that's integrated with your device so you can authorize the payment through your device using biometrics. Yep. They provide a whole service associated with that that I think, you know, the, the level of the level of credit card fraud on the, on the, on the Apple App Store is relatively low, and it's one, that's one of the reasons why. So this is, uh, this is what she said. Um, the Verge asks, pulling that apart, the App Store is the method by which Apple keeps the iPhone secure. It's, it's integrated into the platform. How would you propose that Apple and Google distribute apps if they don't run the store? And she says, well, they are in competition with others who are developing, or, well, are they in competition with others who are developing the products? That's the problem all the way through this. And it's what you have to keep looking for. In other words, I don't get, I, I don't understand what she's saying. So Apple has an advantage. Yes, it's their platform. So then they shouldn't be allowed to sell on their platform. I think the problem with this is that, like many things that uh, politicians running for office do, is it, it's a it's a headline policy without any detail behind it whatsoever. Yeah. Because she's just started her campaign uh-huh. uh, and she wants to make big headlines. And the, the difficulty, I think, is that she's conflated two or three different issues in the tech industry into one into one proposed solution she's obviously trying to pick up on the uncomfortability many of us have with the way facebook behaves with our data um the way that amazon and facebook exchange data with each other the the way that google uh, mines everything you do on google for uh, ad revenue and that sort of thing she's conflating that with um the legitimate way many of these companies do their business she's basically right. saying oh amazon Amazon shares data with Facebook, so uh, Amazon needs to be separated from its pay, from its um, selling platform. Uh, Which is then, completely... Well, Amazon is its selling platform. That is its business. Right. The difficulty is, is that she's talking about bringing in new anti... Uh, you know, uh, market regulation to stop anti-competitive practices while ignoring the fact that the uh, U.S. has pretty good monopoly uh, regulation. It just ref- it just refuses to enforce it. Exactly. Yeah. And and she's putting a ca- wait, they, as long as it makes over twenty five billion. So if it gets popular, well, that's when the regulations come in and, and they kill it, which is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard because they even ask her, well, what about local supermarkets? They have their own brands. Oh, we're not looking at that. Well, why not? That's anti-competitive too. Oh, because they don't make as much money. Oh, so it's, it's a barometer on punishing success. That's what it really comes down to. Hey, you're successful. We're going to break you up. It, it makes, she's bonkers, man. Well, well, the problem is I think the thinking behind it, and this is what I'm saying it's ill fall through. The thinking behind it is if you're making 25 billion, you must, she's thinking, well, if you're making you that much money, cr- you must be a mon- monopoly. Yeah. Um, you must be, have some sort of monopolistic practices and we need to stop you from doing that. Um, and that, and that is just, well, but, well it's just, but it's just being a monopoly alone isn't illegal. Yeah. Uh, it's just not, it's, it's anti-competitive practices that are legal. 
Exactly. Um, and and the problem is if you step back, she's looking at Apple, the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store, or Amazon's web platform as a, as a microcosm. But if you step back from outside that, well, they're not monopolies. They are Correct. competing against each other. Yep. And you know what? That competition is working. Apple doesn't have 90% of the, uh, of, of the smartphone market. Google doesn't either. Exactly. Yeah? Amazon doesn't have, uh, you know, 90% of the, of the web purchasing platforms. Yeah, of, of, online, of online trade, it has a big chunk of it, but not uh, not a monopoly by any stretch of the imagination. Monopolistic practices would be Amazon preventing people from setting up websites to sell stuff online. Well, uh, and, and they actually do that when it comes to ebooks. Well, I mean, yeah, they're, they, they're, 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 they do have anti-competitive practices when it comes to the ebook market. They do, but unfortunately, they weren't smacked on the wrist for that. Apple. No, Apple was, and they had <laughs> a next-to-nothing market, which was yeah. ridiculous. Just, but, but this is what I'm saying. The, the fundamental problem, and this doesn't make anywhere near as sexy a headline, is that the, um, the next presidential candidate for the United States, if they want to make a, a difference to this, is they need to um, remove the lobbying out of the, uh, yes. the federal regulators and get the regulators to do their jobs properly. Right. Neither yeah. of which is going to happen. No. Uh, I, you know, I lost a lot of respect for her when I read this and it wasn't because it was Apple related. It's because she doesn't understand the fundamentals of online commerce today. She just doesn't, get, she's conflating it with the railroads in the 1800s, which is, well, yeah. Okay. Look, fine. Um, I don't know enough about her or her potential candidacy to know whether that is, uh, you know, a hallmark issue. For a start, whether this is a hallmark issue that will actually stand the test of time in her candidacy. It won't. Um, uh, and whether just this issue alone makes her a bad candidate or not, I don't know. But well, you know what, that, that's that not the only thing. I mean, yeah. she, you know, Donald Trump makes fun of her uh, because she claimed that she had um, Native American ancestors. So, and he was calling her Pocahontas, which was, he was totally being racist. Yep. And s- instead of taking the high ground, she went and had a DNA test. Well, so yeah. she played right into his hands like exactly. an idiot. And then, of course, the results didn't come out in her favor. And then, of course, yeah. you know, they go back to how when she um, applied for college and she claimed Native American, which mm. gives her an advantage of admissions. Yeah. So. How stupid do you, can you be? Why would you play into someone like yeah. your your? What, if you're competing to, against someone, you don't use their playbook that no, they're really good at. No, you, the, way, the way the way you respond to that is to say, "Yeah, and uh, Donald Trump has orangutan ancestors, and so I'm going to call him Clyde." Right. You, if you're going to do that, <laughs> then then take the same tactic he's taking. Yeah. Attack him. Yeah. Don't don't defend. <laughs> stupid. Just but isn't isn't this isn't this a um, a constant liberal problem, particularly in the states, which is they uh, liberals don't know don't how have, to win. They don't have a set. Well, also that they don't have a sense of humor. They don't realize that the way to to prick pomposity uh, and arrogance is to laugh at it rather yes. than to take it seriously. Exactly, and start going have tests and yes. writing regulations. A hun- and you're a hundred percent right. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, I, you know, I make no bones about it. I am a liberal, kind yeah. of, but. Yeah. The, the ones who run for office and the establishment, they they don't know how to win. No. Because they don't know how to campaign. They don't know how to get the yeah. word out effectively. And they take themselves way too seriously. Yeah. yeah. 
I, I, I think, you know, it's, it's, I always use a schoolyard, schoolyard analogy. Yeah. If, you, if, you're, if you're a small kid, a small, intelligent kid, and you're being bullied in the school grounds by, a, you know, a big, stupid kid, yeah, you, what you can't do is, 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 uh, is, is say, well, you know, I'm going to go and it, it doesn't, it makes you look weak if you say, I'm going to go and tell on you. Um, or I'm you. You call me a name. I'm going to go and prove to you that that name isn't true. Yeah, right. You know? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. If you somebody, if it, if, the, if, the, if the bully calls you snot face, you don't go, go and and say, "Well, I've taken swabs here, and I don't have any mucus on my face." Thank you very much. So, you, fool on you. Yeah. Um, you either the, the best thing way of dealing with a bully, even if you're a small kid, is to either smack the bully in the face. Yep. Yeah. You know what? You might take a beating. But the bully will probably not keep beating on you because bullies don't like people to hit back. Right. Yeah. Or alternatively, what you do is you outsmart the bully. Uh, right. And one you of the best ways him. to outsmart him is to laugh at him and make yep. him look ridiculous. Yeah. Because then that takes a lot of his power away. Yep. You know. But she did just the opposite. And then she comes out with the dumbest policies I've, I've seen in a long time from any candidate. And it's just like, wow. She just completely flushed any chance she may have had. Um, of being a serious competitor for the presidency of the United States, just completely flush it down the toilet in these two actions. Stupid. Um, what's not stupid? And even though I think that some of the tech media kind of wanted to paint Amazon as a villain here, um, Recode has an article that said, Amazon ousted thousands of merchants with no notice showing the dangers of relying on the shopping platform. So they make it sound like, oh my God, these these, these businesses poor, were these selling small oh. businesses, mom and pop outfits. Yeah, and Amazon screwed just over by Amazon. Yeah. yeah. But then you read into the story, which of course they don't highlight it because it's a clickbait headline, yeah. is oh no, most of these were piracy or um counterfeit products. And Amazon just is cracking down on it, it seems, anyways, with this story. We'll see if it's far-reaching and, and has legs, but they're cracking down on these counterfeit products. So, in other words, a legitimate company probably complained, hey, they're selling a knockoff of our product. Uh, they're riding on our coattails. Uh, they're advertising on, in fact, Amazon itself is is advertising their products, sponsoring them on our listing and we're losing sales. This is completely a, a counterfeit product. Well, Amazon's finally taking action, and, and these counterfeit companies are like, uh, we didn't even get any notification. Uh, it's not fair. Well, run a legitimate product company, and I, I, I'll feel sorry for you. But that's not what you guys were doing, so too bad for you. I think yeah. Amazon did the right thing here. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. Um and the point is as well, it is Amazon's platform. <coughs> they have yeah. a right. You know, it goes back to what we were, we were just kind of saying about uh, Elizabeth Warren's complaints of Apple. Right. That Amazon are doing a huge service for you yep. when you sell on Amazon because you don't have to pay credit card processing. You don't have to pay advertising. You don't have to pay for search optimization. You don't have to pay for the kind of ad marketing to Facebook that Amazon does that we might not agree with, but you know what? A lot of people like it. And you don't have to do any of those things. You literally can, from your web browser, yep. sell anything you want through Amazon. And Amazon will take their cut, sure. But the point is, is they are giving you a huge leg up and exposing you to a huge market of customers you would never have a prayer of getting to in the past. 
right? So they're offering a huge service, so they are going to run it the way they want to run it. And, yeah. and the, pro- the difficulty, and I, I, you, know, you know that I've talked about this regularly in the past, is that if you build your business on somebody else's platform, yeah, you, it is naive of you to expect that platform to continue operate operate the way it always has done as their business develops. That's right. Yeah, and you should have a strategy for dealing with that if it changes. You've got to be more than just a, a you know, if your business is built purely on Amazon and Amazon changes something and suddenly you're no longer welcome there, whether it's because of the products you sell or the way you sell or the fact that you don't send the products out quickly enough or that Amazon wants more volume for you, whatever, then you've got to be able to adapt to that. There's no point whinging about it, saying, oh, well, Amazon screwed me over and Amazon didn't give me any notice. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to feed my children here. You can't do that. You've got to be savvy enough to recognize that it's not the partnership you think it is. You know, fleas don't survive on a dog by staying in one spot. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And certainly what you can't, if the, if, if the dog keels over and dies, yeah, yeah, there's no point the fleas getting together and getting some to write a bob post saying how unfair it is that their regular supply of blood has been taken away from them from the dog without no notice. Yeah. Which is what most of these guys are. When you actually read through the story, you, there's a, a whole lot of whining here. Which pa- parasitic companies that... Yeah. Are finally getting their comeuppance, and not only that, they're basically the the the, the people on the people on here are most of them are, are, are not, not complaining about the changes; they're complaining about they didn't have any notice. Yeah, and as I said, my answer to that is, well, you should run your business better because yeah. you should always have contingency for what happens if your market environment changes. Yeah. That is just good business. Heaven forbid the dog dies. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, yep. Pick a dog that's in a pen with other dogs first, and then. <laughs> Um, just, we're definitely on analogy week this week. <laughs> we are. I don't have one for this, but um, Galaxy S10 came out, and it's a big thing for Samsung. This is one of their flagship phones. <laughs> hey, and they've got face recognition to unlock the phone, David, just like uh, Apple. Yeah, they've even cool? got they've even got their variation of the notch. Yeah, yeah, and um, turns out that <laughs> it's not very sophisticated. They were fooled unlocking these at the event, by the way, with video, with pictures, and with siblings unlocking <laughs> phones. Yeah. And the reason is because it is not sophisticated 3D laser-driven image sensor that Apple uses. It's a camera. Yeah. It's a camera with a kind of a comparison algorithm behind it. Uh, and, of course, you know, the problem with that is it doesn't matter how good the algorithm is. It like, can only rely on the data in front of it. And if it's just a picture, basically the uh, algorithm only ever gets a picture. Right. So if you put another picture in front of it... doesn't get a 3D of, map. It doesn't get a 3D map. So if you put another picture in front of it of the, of the person, it cannot tell the difference. The, the weird thing about this is they used to have... Uh, better hardware they used to have an infrared led that could do some um facial mapping yeah. and they even had uh, an iris uh, analyzer in there as well but they've removed it and um instead they've just come up with this and this is just so samsung isn't it this is oh yeah all right we've got to keep the feature in the checklist so we can't take it away completely but we can't afford uh, we haven't got the space in there for the hardware anymore so um let's do just do something superficial that looks like it ticks the box because you know what nobody uses it anyway 
Because the headphones just shows the difference between Samsung that doesn't really care about the end user; they're just about making money, and Apple, who actually does care about the end user and protects your data and gives you actual secure phones. I, I, if you, I, folks, if you want a secure phone, get an Apple product. It's it's just the way it is. What makes it, this one slightly strange? There's two aspects. Of this. First of all, is that one of the reasons they've got less room in this phone is because. Um, this is these S10 comes with this new ultrasonic fingerprint sensor that senses your finger through the glass. Yep. So uh, clearly, at some point, somebody said, "You know what? Everyone's going to use this new feature, the headline feature that we're promoting on this." So facial recognition is is very much a byproduct, and so they must have considered cutting it. And then somebody else said, "No, don't cut it. We can't can't take the check the checkbox away on the feature list. So um, you have to leave it in there." So clearly, they had to jerry-rig something at last minute which is what they've done but the other the other slightly weird thing about this for me is that in the um in the business space if you want an android phone that's secure then you buy a samsung because they have this product called samsung Knox. correct and, so, and samsung Knox is is pretty much um pretty much accepted to be kind of the gold standard in terms of uh smartphone security if you're using android and so on the one hand, you have this product, you know, Samsung trading on this uh, Knox product, which achieves something that's quite difficult, which is to secure Android phones in a way that makes enterprise businesses and public sector customers like the government and everything um, accept, accept Android phones for corporate use. And so, then, you know, that's highly secure. It's been fully accredited. Um, certainly the UK government accepts it as a fully secure solution and everything. And then on the other hand, you have um, Samsung selling the same phones to consumers um, with features that are so insecure as to be virtually not worth even having on there. And I don't understand that dichotomy. I don't understand why Samsung feels that that's a strong approach because you would think that from a business point of view, it would be better to actually tie up their features between the consumer and the enterprise space. So you, again, like I was saying with Apple before, so you have a, a continuity of features from the consumer stuff all the way up to the enterprise. Uh, and basically every time you take a step up the feature ladder, then things improve. But instead you have here Samsung saying, oh, on the consumer side, security doesn't matter. It's not important. Yep. But on the business side, yeah, we're going to sell you Samsung Knots because it's the most secure Android platform around. It's all about money. <laughs> So usually um, the second half of the show, or at least a good portion of it, would be our wiki trolling. And we're going to switch it up a little bit because the second half of the show, or the end of the show, is going to be about Captain Marvel. And so I want to give everyone an opportunity, if you haven't seen it and you don't want to have you know the movie spoiled for you, that that's what we're going to talk about at the end. Um, but I do want to thank our sponsor, uh, other world computing. I got an email from Larry, uh, this last week, uh, kind of, you know, the e blast type of thing. Yeah. And he was focusing on used Mac. So I thought, uh, we yeah. would, uh, this was a good one. This really, yeah. this really got me going this week because I've been buying used Macs recently. So I was particularly interested to see what they're offering, and, and some of the stuff I got, I was blown away by. Yeah, if you guys are looking for a good quality used Mac, there's really only one place. Don't go on eBay. You don't know who these sellers are. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I it, can attest to that. Yes, his David can attest to that. <laughs> Remember, David's the one that bought a stolen Mac at one point. <laughs> Indeed. Um, 
you're not going to get a Stella Mac if you buy it from other world computers. You know, I'll tell you who else did. Gaz from the uh, from the MyMac show, and and worse him. You see, <laughs> I, nobody ever came looking for, for my Stella Mac, but the one he bought, the police actually came and said, uh, "By the way." We need to tell you that you bought a stolen Mac, um, and we need to have it back now, please. <laughs> that's rough. It was rough, yeah. A few years ago, that, but um, that's the way. But, but, I mean, we bailed him out. We got the, the GoFundMe. Uh, we've, we've almost raised enough money to bail him out here, so Did it's we? only been a couple of years. Oh, I thought you were doing it. <laughs> I thought you were doing it. Oh, crap. Oh, damn. <laughs> we, better, we better tax a guy. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure Guy's taking care of it. <laughs> yeah, he's on vacation this week, so Guy's are screwed. Um, <clears throat> so if you guys are looking for a used Mac, uh, I'm going to put a link in the show notes. Check out OWC. Seriously, they're going to guarantee the product. If you have any problems, they're going to take care of it for you. You want something that's dependable? You want a company behind it? This is where you get it from. Will you spend a little bit more money? Maybe. But with some of the prices I'm looking on their website, maybe not. Um, yeah. But you, you at least can buy with peace of mind. And to me, that's always worth a couple extra shillings, you know? I, I There was there was one particular machine that um, particularly stuck out to me on this this latest blast, which yeah. is their um, MacBook Air. Yeah. So, so this is the one. This is the one that Apple was still selling, and they were selling up until the new Retina one came out. Um, so it's the it was uh, came out in, in 2015. Yes. Yeah. It has um, uh, kind of a processor of that vintage, but but you know what? It was pretty good back then. It was still an i7. Yeah. You still well. The thing is, is the one that Apple will sell you is not an i7. It's no. an i5. Yep. Yeah. And this machine is an i7 with uh, eight gig of RAM, uh, and they start on 128 gig SSD, and for very little money compared to what Apple charges for SSD upgrades. You can have uh, a much bigger SSD in there because, of course, um, uh, OWC sell those, don't they? They sell those upgrades. Yeah, so totally. for $900, yeah, you can get um, a guaranteed MacBook Air 13-inch. Now, for everyone going, oh, it's not Retina, it's like, well, actually, you know what? Those non-Retina screens in the MacBook Air, were, they were pretty high resolution. They're 1440 by 900. That was the same resolution as the 15-inch MacBook Pro before it went Retina. So actually, uh, on a 13-inch screen, you're not going to see a lot of pixels on that. It's going to be quite good. Um, and these machines are really quite functional. You know, they're still fast. They're still powerful. You still get epic battery life with them. Yep. Uh, oh, by the way, they have a keyboard that doesn't break down. And they have yep. ports on them, too. Yeah, man. Well, ports, what's that? <laughs> well, those are the things you can plug stuff into. Exactly. So check out OWC. Go to MyMac.com or TechFanPodcast.com. And you'll find a link to the used Max that OWC is currently selling for our um, <clears throat> Wikipedia entry this week. I don't think we've ever talked about this one. And I'll be honest, I, I was never on this platform. No, but it's either. Friendster. I, I remember hearing a lot about Friendster, but it wasn't something that was anything to me. No. Um it started in 2002, and that was a long time ago. Yeah. You know, we like to kind of think, and the media likes to kind of think, that the whole social media thing that's going on <clears throat> is is a new fad, if you will. You know, Instagram and Facebook, and it's not. 
we had Friendster back in 2002. There was some before that, but that was really the first one that got anybody's attention and, and the, yeah, and the, and the reason that most people probably weren't hearing about Friendster back in 2002 is it's Malaysian, and it was very much focused on that part of the world, right. and it became huge there before the rest of the world was even aware of it. Yep. Uh, and this happens a lot with the uh, kind of the developing world. You know, China has Weibo. Um, in Africa, there are, I know there are there are several social network platforms that most people outside of Africa don't use, but they are massive because the whole, whole point about social networking is that you have to go where your friends are or yes. where your friends stress. Yep. And, you know, it's not a bad name, although they kind of cobble together friend and Napster and Friendster. Yeah. Um, I hate when companies do that. Come up with something original. Um, I mean, look at, look at Amazon. What is Amazon? Well, it's either a rover or it's a very tall woman, right? That's that's what an Amazon, well, okay, Amazonian, Wonder Woman. Um, yep. What's that got to do with buying products online at the time? Books, nothing. What's what's an eBay? Nothing. It doesn't mean anything. Well, it does today. Come up with a, a decent name. Friendster is stupid. Um, <clears throat> Friendster went live in 2002. was adopted by 3 million users within the first few months. That's pretty big. Uh, of course, a year later... MySpace came out, which completely destroyed Friendster. Uh, and face, uh, do you remember one called High Five? I actually remember that one. That came out in two thousand and three. Both Julie and I, my wife, were on High Five for like uh, five minutes. I don't remember High Five. Yeah, it wasn't very good. And then, of course, Facebook in two thousand and four. So, Friendster's gone. Um, but you know, in two thousand eight, Friendster had a membership base of more than one hundred and fifteen million registered users. And continue to grow in Asia, according to Alexa, which, by the way, is a website that kind of measures traffic, but it does it horribly. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a plug-in on Windows, yeah. So it doesn't. I mean, uh, already your your idea of how it's going to track anything is completely broken. Uh, the site had suffered uh, an exponential decline in traffic in America since two thousand and nine. From a peak of forty rating, it reached in uh, it reached eight hundred in November twenty ten. Um, in December two thousand nine, it announced Friendster was acquired for twenty six point four million by MLL Global, one of Asia's largest internet companies. And of course, it's gone down since then. <laughs> yeah. uh, it says here it was speculated it was killed by Facebook because two thousand eight two thousand nine is where Facebook really started opened up to the public more yeah. so. Yep. Yeah, um, which, you know, kind of makes sense, really. Um, it's like you say, you've got to, with the problem with social networking is you've got to go where people are. And if people aren't there anymore, then you're going you're gonna to go down the MySpace route very quickly. Um, it doesn't really exist anymore. Um, I mean, right at the top, it says it's a social gaming site based in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Well, that, that's how it started. Right. Before it turned, and then it came, it went back to social gaming after it was acquired. Yep. But, you know, the problem is by, by that time, you know, kind of the world's moved on. It's very, the difficulty now is that if you start a social network nowadays, it's very difficult to gain traction because everyone is, is somewhere else. Yeah. So trying to entice people to a new social platform is, uh, is really hard. Um, so if you discontinue your core function and re refocus on the, onto uh, a new thing like gaming, that's a real uphill battle. And uh, so, clearly I they just, didn't manage it. 
I, I just went to their website, and it says, Friendster is taking a break. <laughs> um, the no, redesigned Friendster came about through an enduring passion to make a difference. Over the years, we have built a vibrant community and received valuable support and encouragement. However, due to the evolving landscape it landscape of our challenging industry, the online gaming community did not engage as much as we had hoped for. Profound development in the gaming industry has also led us to rethink our strategic priorities. Thus, we have made the decision to take a break, just a break, and a pause our service. Effective right. June 14th, 2015. <laughs> yeah, and I've got to say, the, the kind of the, the look of this webpage is... Kind of looks more like 2005 rather than 2015. Yeah, I think it might be dead. (laughs) (laughs) Uh huh. Well, by the way, um, while we were talking, I have looked up why Amazon is called Amazon. Yeah. So originally it was going to be called Cadabra, as in Abracadabra. Ugh, that would have been terrible. Uh, It would have failed. And then, and then. Bezos re- reconceptualized the name when his lawyer misheard the, misheard the word cadabra as cadaver. <laughs> <laughs> so he had to come up with a new name. Um, and apparently he thought that Amazon would suggest scale because obviously the Amazon is the world's biggest river. Um, and back, back then the tagline was the Earth's biggest bookstore. Uh, and secondly, because it began with A, that means it would, it would come quite high up in search listings because you know they're alphabetical so there you go that's why it's called amazon i thought it was because um especially back then when he started amazon they were quite little literally cutting down the amazon jungles for books and they sold books so (laughs) that's slightly unfortunate connotation i'll tell you what his i'm looking at the amazon logo here um and something that Every time I, I re-notice it, because I only re-notice this every now and again, it blows my mind. The smiley the, face? The, the smiley face yeah. the, of the thing is actually an arrow from A to Z. Yeah. Yeah, which means they sell everything. But I don't see the A to Z thing very often. Every time I do, I go, whoa, it's A to Z. Wow, that's working a whole metal level, meta level that I haven't even noticed. Uh, I got one for you. I bet you've never noticed. Let me uh, bring this up. I'll copy. I'm going to save this image to my desktop. I'm going to put it here in um, in our wire, which we still use. Uh, so I'm going to put this logo. Tell me when you got it and you can see yep. it. You got it? I have it, yep. Yeah. What do you see when you see the FedEx logo? What do I see? I see FedEx. Right. Anything else? Uh, no. Once I tell you this, you'll never not see it. Okay. Look between the E and the X. Do you see the arrow? No. There is there, no arrow there. There is an arrow there. Between the E. Oh, hang on. Oh, I was looking between the wrong E. I was looking between the first E and the last X. That was stupid. There's an arrow there. You're right. Yeah. Once you see it, it you will always see it. <laughs> oh you've, ne- my God. you've never noticed that before, did you? <laughs> you've hacked my brain. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that to a few people. And, oh, my Lord. And I, I've mentioned, I said, oh, I like how FedEx uses an arrow as their logo. And they go, no, they don't. It's just FedEx. And I go, really? And I bring up the logo and I go, right there, the arrow. And they go, 
what are you talking about? And then I point it, I point it out and they go, Oh my God, I've never noticed that before. You're right. Now I can't not see it. You can't not see it. Every time you see the FedEx logo from this point forward in history, (laughs) I guarantee you there's people listening to this in a car when they get to work, they're going to FedEx, they're going to look up the FedEx logo on Google. They're going to go, Oh my God, there is an arrow. Um, you're welcome, by the way. <laughs> I'll tell you what, um, Tom Hanks in Castaway, he could have used arrows on that island. That's right, yeah. <laughs> it would have made things an awful lot easier for him. So, um, if only he'd notice, and he yes, worked for them. <laughs> he worked for them. So, at this point, spoiler warning, if you don't want to know anything about the Captain Marvel movie that Marvel just released last week, um, now would be the time to not listen. And we'll see well, you next week. Here's, here's, here's one spoiler for you. It stars a lady. Mm. So let's start with that. Because this movie finally, finally prompted uh, Rotten Tomatoes to start changing some of their policy and, and policing reviews, which they've been <sighs> hesitant to do in the past for obvious we, reasons. We, we, we can't. We can't free speech we can't edit the content otherwise we might be treated as publishers rather than as content providers all right so yep. this movie was getting bombed in reviews before it even came out before anybody had seen this movie i always think that's a classy move to basically trash something that nobody's ever seen which it was between, being trashed it, it demonstrates it demonstrates your biases when you say well it can't possibly be good even though i've not seen it uh, as in a review, yes, as just your opinion on Facebook, you know, knock yourself out. I mean, the first two Aladdin trailers that I saw recently looked horrendous, and they had just that one picture of Will Smith as a genie. I just thought that looks horrendously bad. I have zero desire to see I, that. I, I, yeah, I, I think, yeah, as, as an aside from that, I think taking a man of color and then painting him a different color is rarely a good move. There well, you go. Well, when you watch the third trailer, when they actually focus a little bit more on Will Smith, he's not painted blue the whole time, which, thank God, because it well, looks terrible. Yeah. Um, not because it, it's just it's Will Smith and he's painted blue. It looks ridiculous. You know, yeah. it just it looked really well, bad. I but think the, 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 the new trailer. Is, yeah, the problem is, is because it's Will Smith, who is so recognizable, not just because of his looks, but because of mannerisms and the way he moves and everything like that. You do something like that, and he just looks like he's dressed up for Halloween. Yes. It, it looked it looked really bad. It looked cheesy. It looked cheap. It did not look like what you would expect from a Disney movie that you know they put tons and tons of money into. Yeah. The last trailer, the third one, it it I don't want to say it completely redeems it, but it didn't look as bad. And that's about as the the best compliment I can give it. So yeah, I'm not, not, I've got to be honest. I've seen a couple of these now. I'm not really down with the live action remake of cartoons, but anyway, that's a separate conversation. Let's get back to, um, so let's let's talk about the haters of Captain Marvel. So it started getting bombed in the reviews and it basically fell into a, a few different camps. The trailers looked terrible. So they were giving it a bad review. Um, it's being released on, na- on um, um, what was it? International Women's Day? Mm-hmm. Is that, was that what it was called? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and thus, it must be all about feminism. And, feminism, yeah. Uh, so, of course, the, the men who hate women, they can say otherwise, but your actions speak louder well, than words. Well, I, I, I think this quote here, 
you could not pay me to see this SJW-laden, white male-hating, worthless piece of movie. Right. Yep. I am sick of this identity pollocks taking over pop culture. Brie Larson could get hit by a bus and I would not shed a tear. Yeah. Yeah, way to uh, way to cover your um, <laughs> prejudices your, there, man. Your, your inadequacies, you <laughs> pathetic. Yeah. Ugh, I, th- yeah. those kind of people just. Anyways, um, yeah. and so Rotten Tomatoes were is removing stuff like that, and I say good because it's not fair to the creators who make this movie. I, I don't care if you like Brie Larson or not. A movie of this scale had hundreds of people working on it and you're just going to trash their work because of your ability to post your racist or yeah, yeah. sexist or your personal feelings of inadequacy. Yeah. 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 Just cause you were born with a small one. Doesn't mean, never mind. Um, uh, um, trust me. I guarantee you every single person who said anything like that. Yeah. For, for, for a start would not have the, remotely the courage to even speak to Brie Larson if she was in the same no, room with them, God let alone no. to rant at her. No. Yeah. In fact, they'd do just the opposite. They would try to get her autograph, and uh, it would be their... Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Anyways. Um, but let's get off of that. Let's actually talk about the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw it on opening night. I took uh, Cole and Brooke, and I met Chad Perry, my ex-co-host from the MyMac podcast, and he's been on TechFan before, a long time mm-hmm. ago at this point, but he's been on. Um, and he was uh, also co-host of the Geeky Show Over. We went and watched it. Uh, I assume that you've watched it as well. I have, yes. So let me get your take. What did you think of Captain Marvel? Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was uh, definitely one of the very far... So, so I, I, I would say it's probably in terms of the way it introduced a new character, but particularly, as with Iron Man, a character who outside of the comic universe probably a lot of a lot of people weren't really on their radar i thought the way it introduced what was a, a very heavy heavy mythology um so deftly was extremely well done i thought brie larson's and um, samuel l jackson's performances in movies were stunning for a start you completely bought the fact that that samuel Jell L. Jackson uh, and Clark Gregg as well were young men in this movie, despite the fact that they aren't, and they use digital makeup to de-age them. They did I, a much I, better job with uh, with Samuel L. Jackson than Greg Clark. Greg Clark looked plasticky. Uh, I th- I think just basically because because he was on screen more, they did they put more time and money into yeah, it. That's, I think that's but my the guess. The fact is, you would not have known. No. You wouldn't watching this movie. You would not know that Samuel J- L. Jackson is not that age. Even though the fact the dude, I, I saw him on TV last week. The dude is seventy. Yeah, I had no idea he was that old. No, he's uh, aged I mean, well. He looks good for person. seven. He looks good for seventy. But yes, you would know have no idea watching this movie that he wasn't in his early thirties. Um, and uh, that is an achievement in itself. I think Brie Larson was uh, was amazing in this movie because. She has a, a quite nuanced co- character art to to provide, um, and it would have been quite easy, particularly for somebody, uh, you know, for a lesser actor, to maybe kind of phone it in and say, you know what, all I need to do, um, kind of like Ryan Reynolds did in Green Lantern, yeah, which yes. is just basically just, I just need to stand in the suit, yeah, and look hard when I need to look hard, and look um, vulnerable when I need to look vulnerable, and kind of do it like that, and and. She didn't. Do, she did far more with the character than this. You completely bought it. I thought the um, the side plots, the kind of the whole thing about her, her relationship with her friend, 
which kind of is the heart of the movie, I thought was amazingly well done. Um, I think probably the only, probably the weakest bits really were the uh, some of the action sequences, um, which were okay, but only okay. Um, they, I think they could have done with a little bit. More. I, I think we could have done with maybe another action sequence. Uh, to sometime in the third act and uh, less of a sequence at the end of the movie but um, that's kind of an, as- an aside really I think the uh, from a script writing point of view the twist there's a twist in this movie that completely turns what's happened in the comics versus what's happened on the movie screen on its head and I thought that was well I, I, certainly as a comic fan I no way did I see that coming um, and uh, I thought it's really well done I don't know I think the problem is they may have boxed themselves into a corner for a few further movies because, you know, the idea of the Skrulls being the bad guys rather being the good guys rather than the bad guys is is um, it kind of limits your use of them compared well, to what they've it, done the it, comics. Well, it showed what this group of Skrulls weren't necessarily bad people. I don't think that it, you know, that's like saying, well, humans were depicted good in, in movies, so you can never show a bad human. Um, you know, it, that's... To me, that's a non-starter. That's easy to write out of. I could do that in three sentences. Um, yeah. After the near genocide, they've become radicalized, and now yeah. you know they want to get back at the Cree and and take over every civilization and steal resources from Earth. Done. Yeah. Um, I would disagree with a lot of what you said, to be honest. Yeah. I thought her performance was a little wooden, a little boring. I never really got any big emotion from her one way or another. Uh, I thought the first half of the movie was completely boring because I didn't have any kind of emotional connect to any of the characters. Why? Well, who was this lady? The whole beginning of the movie of, well, they're going to this planet and they can see scrolls and I didn't care who cares. There's no motivation behind it. The big MacGuffin of the whole movie is, um, the tesseract but it's mm-hmm. it's it's the fuel that makes a faster than light engine that was the dumbest thing i've ever seen because okay so they didn't have faster than light travel before the how the hell do these scrolls get to earth they can't go faster than light but yet they can come from well, they, they, they they kind of tried to explain that by showing them using that gate technology it's to- stupid it was completely dumb because it was it, it made no sense at all none You've got two two races that fight each other, but they don't have faster than light engines. And some reason it's on Earth because of why it's it was it was a plot point just to make a movie to to make the skulls one way, and this is why they're on Earth. I, I thought it was contrived and just horribly executed. Um, the first half of the movie, I just have no. She's not even a human. Not really. You don't. You, who is she as a character? Who is she? Who is she? Is, what's her passions? There's none of that. Nothing. Well, well yeah, that, I I kind of understand what you're saying, but bearing in mind that the movie is named after her, to to me it was like the anticipation of trying to find them. You know, if we'd have got to the but end, she didn't care who she was at the beginning of the movie. If this movie would have been a journey of, you know. It starts out, she doesn't really know who she is. She's in this intergalactic war, and she's a soldier, and she has loyalty to the Kree for, I don't know, for whatever reason. They never explain that either. Um, but her whole thing is, who am I? You know, as a, as a woman in the 80s, as a fighter pilot, or a pilot, 
you know, she's always fighting for, uh, I can do just as much as a man. Um, I c- that I would have bought. And then here I am in space now, and I'm treated equally. Great. I understand that. But there was she, none of that. She, no, she didn't but, ask oh, who well, she is, was or anything. I, she I didn't dis- care. I disagree with it that she didn't care. I think the whole point of the first uh, of the first half of the movie is is she's, she, she's not comfortable in what she's doing. That's why she doesn't sleep. That's why she's, uh, you know, the whole first encounter with the with the great intelligence, the supreme whatever it's called, the stupid name. Uh, every time, every time they talked about the supreme intelligence, I kept thinking about the great big head from Third Rock from the Sun. Yeah, well, that's what that's what the that's what the supreme intelligence were in the comic book. Yeah, it was a big floating, sneaky exactly, looking head yeah. thing. Yeah. So, um, uh, but now it's a net benning, which is but fine. When, but when she when she talked when she talked to supreme intelligence, it was perfectly clear that that she, you know she was she'd been trained to be a soldier, but she had no idea what she was doing, why she was doing, and she didn't feel confident in her abilities because she didn't feel like she was trusted. She felt like an outsider. And I, and I think the whole point about this is that she spent her whole life being an outsider and fighting against her at being an outsider. And towards the end of the movie, she kind of realizes, you know what, that that problem is not about how I perceive other people to perceive me because all I have to do is just say... I don't care. And once she, once she gets to that point, then she unlocks the power that the, the power that in fact she's she's probably one of the most powerful creatures in the galaxy. Yeah. See, I just you know? I, it it wasn't until the little girl comes into it that the movie had any kind of humanistic quality that I actually cared. By the way, did do you know who that little girl is? Um. I don't mean it as an actress. I mean the character. Oh, the character, no. She's the one that... You, you're familiar with Marvel Comics, obviously. Yes. Do you know who the other character was named Captain Marvel and Marvel Comics were? Yes. That's her. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, that, that'll come useful come contract renewal time. That's right. <laughs> so I just... I, I didn't care about Captain Marvel for the first hour of the movie. It was just one kind of lamely film battle after another and they're chasing a MacGuffin once again who cares so we, it, it we, didn't agree, make any... we agree the action sequences needed work oh yeah they were not good at all at yeah. any point in the movie um, it felt like okay we this is what it felt like to me we need to get this Captain Marvel character on screen as soon as possible because fandom is up in arms that we still haven't focused on a female superhero even though marvel has some of the best out there um dc doesn't dc had wonder woman beyond wonder woman who's their major female superhero do 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 supergirl uh, who they, they don't have any Supergirl. they haven't established any yeah, of them. and supergirl's been fridged so many times in the comics as well yeah it, and not only that it's just it's a female superman there's nothing intrinsically interesting create something different something cool um, but they didn't. With Marvel, they've got a lot of very interesting female superheroes, and some with no powers, like Black Widow. I mean, when we first saw Black Widow in Iron Man 2, she was interesting. We wanted to see more of that character, but Marvel wasn't going to give it to us. She's always yeah. going to be a supporting character in the Avengers or Captain Marvel or a Captain America movie. Yeah, She I, was never I, center stage. You know what? You know what? I think... I think actually they um, a lot of people say that. I think to be fair to Marvel, to play devil's advocate for a minute, I think the way they have maneuvered the Black Widow to be 
such a core part of the Avengers team, um, I think I think gives gives her more agency than perhaps they're given credit for. I um, agree with that, but yeah. the point remains that Marvel and Disney, by extension, is catching a lot of flack for not having a female-led superhero tentpole movie yeah. for 10 well, years. It took uh, them a decade to get yeah, to this, and that's I, ridiculous. Even well, DC yeah, jumped but, uh, the gun and uh, got uh, Wonder Woman out there, and, and that was a great movie. Yeah, but that dis- it succeeded despite DC, not because of DC's that one. You know, they, all props to them for having the vision to take it on. But, you know, they they let's face it, they really lucked out with a great director and a great actress um, with Wonder Woman. It could have been absolutely terrible. It could but have if, been, but it wasn't. It was really it good. Wasn't. Yeah, but, but I don't think that's because of the creative choices that DC as an organization or Warner as an organization made. I think the difference here is that Marvel really tried with this, and I, I, I well, I, you know, in, from my point of view, I thought they pulled it off. I, I, uh, I think it, the second half of the movie somewhat pulled it off, but it didn't save the movie for... I wouldn't even rank this in the top half of, of good Marvel movies. Well, I yeah. really wouldn't. I would say it's not better than any of the Guardian movies. It's not better than any of the Captain Americas. It's better than Iron Man 2. It's better than the first Thor. Well, no, it's better than the Thor War 2. It's not better than the Thor 1. It's better than the Incredible Hulk. Um, both Ant-Man movies were far superior. Uh, Black Panther blows it away. I mean, where does this rank? I, I would have to put it towards the very bottom, simply because it lacks so many things that I, I was I, yeah. hoping to see. And wow. it just felt like a movie, we got to have this very strong female character now that's going to join the Avengers at the last second in the next movie, which, of course, we didn't set up for the last 10 years, so yeah. now we got to shoehorn her in here. This is what I, it felt I, like. I agree with that criticism in that in that there, there is the reason this movie was made now is to... Uh, and you see it from the end credit sequence, and then a, if you a month see, and a half before Avengers. Yeah, and if you then have seen the latest Avengers trailer, yep. you know, it, I mean, it's telegraphed more than anything that that you know, Captain Marvel is effectively is a prequel to the second Avengers movie, uh, and and I agree with you that it ha- it suffers somewhat for for that. The the Tesseract reveal is is obviously it's part of that as well, um, but you know what I well I. I yeah, I, I just enjoyed it more than you did. I guess I got more out of it than you did. I, I, I accept the criticisms of, you know, this movie only exists because it comes between the two Avengers movies. Um, I got a feeling it, I'll like it better on a second viewing because I'll care more about the characters than yeah. I did when I first watched it. And I know I probably know more about the Captain Marvel character than you do. Well, but, I, I was just about to say that I wonder if what's coloring the difference in our perceptions is because Captain Marvel is a is a character I'm only passingly familiar with, whereas you are much more connected to it. Well, the, here's the problem with the Captain Marvel character to begin with. Um, it's gone through so many different iterations that it doesn't really have any meaning um, until about 10 years ago when they finally actually focused on her and tried to make her what she is today and what you would recognize as Captain Marvel. Up until that point, it was all over the board with this character. I mean, it was it was kind of ridiculous, to be honest. Um, it was a character they just kind of generically tried to shoehorn into different situations, and she never really worked. About 10 years ago, they finally said, hey, we've got a really cool character. Let's do something with her. They did, and it did work. Um I think a second viewing will make it so when you watch the beginning of this movie again and know who she is and what she's really striving for, it will be better. 
um, knowing that her allies, the people that she's walking hand in hand with in combat, are actually nah. But are they the bad guys? I don't know. Well, I, I, I think who is the bad guy me, in this, this movie? Is, this who? is this is one of the this is one of the things that I liked about it is that actually it was far more nuanced than that. Yeah, the good guys are the the. The good guys turn bad guys, yeah, are basically soldiers doing the best they can in certain circumstances. And, you know, they kind of come... I mean, I, I felt that um, Jude Law's character became a little bit too caricatured at the end. Sure, of um, course he did. It was yeah. it was lame. In fact, you know, he was interesting at the beginning when it's he's the mentor and teaching her, but then they don't do anything with it. Well, I, yeah, I'd, 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 I'd accept that. As I said, I, I felt that the... Um, you know, the, 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 towards the end, when he, when they they all become kind of like psychopathic, uh, I I felt a bit uncomfortable with that because I thought that kind of undermined their character arc. It should really yeah. be more about you know what? Look, you don't understand what's going on here. These creatures are evil, and we must fight them. Right. Um. I, I think that would have been a, a truer to the characters they established exactly. rather than to turn them into you know they Jude Law became a bit moustache twirling villain towards the end yeah it was it, I, it I didn't work was, at all no I, I didn't I didn't and, and similarly with the great intelligence you know they, the, the way to play that would have been you know look we know better than you the best um, part of this movie was quite honestly in my opinion the scrolls that was brilliant I yeah. loved the twist I liked that they didn't betray Captain Marvel and you know revert to stereotype yeah. um, that I, their power is very intriguing they could take the shape of anybody yeah and um, also as well I, I think I think what we've learned here what with this one and also Thor Ragnarok is that if you want to make any character no matter what they are sympathetic all you have to do is give them a, a um, South Pacific accent yeah there you go Australian um, or New Zealand, and it will just yep, you know, no. I, 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 yeah. I completely. I thought they did a great job with the villains, uh, with this scroll. Sorry, um, and and I think it was it was it, it to do the whole kind of you know. Well, actually, we're a misunderstood besieged people thing. is a bit of a trope, and I think they actually pulled it off fairly well here. I think they did than, too. Rather than making it, you know, well, you know, the way Michael Bay would have done it, which would oh, have been, of course, you know, a. a as, well, the kind of way. In fact, thinking, I think about the way they did it in with the Sokovians in Age of Ultron. Sure, where they were just caricatures. They were just, you know, they were effectively were being fridged at that point. They were just there to make you feel sorry for them. Uh, yes. And instead, they gave the scroll some heart uh, and some motivation that, that I felt, you know, was a little bit lacking in some of the other characters in the movie. I, but I, I would I, actually I, keep the scrolls good guys, and the next time you show them, before turning them bad, because then it's going to have much more. Um, meaning you're going to be like, oh my god, I like the scrolls. This sucks, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I felt like this movie was rushed. It didn't have a clear sense of what the movie's actually about, other than introducing her so she could be in Avengers. I, it just, it didn't have any kind of emotional center to it at all. Uh, the only interactions I liked was with the scrolls, and some of the stuff between. Jackson and and uh, well Fury, but even then it's like oh a cat scratched his eye, but he, even though it's not really a cat, and that's how he loses his eye. Oh, wait, I thought they addressed this in a Captain America movie. Did they? I yeah, I'm pretty that. sure they did. Um, and then I don't know it. The Tesseract was this hidden thing in 
they finally figured out that it's this giant power source, maybe, and they're experimenting on it, and that's what brings Loki into action. Well, so they had it, and then they lost it again? Is that... S.H.I.E.L.D. didn't know what it was? Well, Even no, though I, the I cat think, it up on his desk at the try, end? What they were trying to do was call back to... Oh, I know exactly a, what they were trying to yeah, do. Yeah, they were trying to say, basically, worked. Fury kind of lost his idealism and he saw the, all these threats and he had the Avengers initiative and he thought, you know what, this isn't going to be enough. So he started to mess with the Tesseract because he'd seen what it could do. And it went But how did he become the jaded character that we know at the beginning of the first Iron Man or at that's, the end of the first Iron Man movie? That's, that's, because at the end of Captain what? America, he's still... That's, that's something for the future and that would be, to me, that would be the plot of a, of a very, very good Black Widow movie. Is I to, agree with you. That would be really investigate good too. Black, yeah, Black Widow and Fury working together uh, and their experiences through the 90s and the early 2000s and S.H.I.E.L.D. turning him into the... Into the you've got to remember, in the, in the Avengers movie, I mean, um, Black Widow, she's about ready to give up. Yes. You know, she's... And so she's, is Hawkeye. She's, she, yeah, she's basically... She's tired. She's worn out. She feels no matter what she does, she can't wipe the... As she says the red from her ledger and it, it's basically it's only the, the formation the avengers and the fighting for the higher purpose that that kind of keeps her in the game yep. and um i i think i think there's there's something to be investigated there to, that would make good movies i agree but you know? instead we get captain america shoehorned in at the last minute so she can be a big part of the avengers and then of course going forward when they kind of move on from these core group of characters in expanding the universe with, you know, whatever's going to come next. I tell you what, I, uh, the new Avengers trailer, I did like that she shows up at the very end of it with Thor. Mm-hmm. Um, that was good. I like that. Uh, I, I'll i be honest with you. I'm really looking forward to this new Avengers movie. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm dying to see it. I'll be honest with you, even more than the Avengers, I may be looking forward to the Spider-Man movie even more yeah. because that trailer is unbelievably great. I agree. I completely agree. Of course, the the one downside of all of this is that you know we've seen we've seen Peter Parker get blown away by Thanos, and yet we've seen the trailer for his new movie where everything's fine again, and it it does kind of undermine the. Obviously, we know that um, the Avengers are going to win. Somehow. Avengers, Avengers Endgame is going to undo the snapping, as they call right. it. But um, <laughs> it kind of <laughs> that's, that's what like they call that. it on the internet: the snapping. <laughs> it's. Um, uh, that, that's the, but the problem is seeing trailers for that where he's kind of on vacation in Europe it kind of undermines the whole pathos of the Avengers trailers which is you know we yeah they should have held off on that until after the Avengers came out and I then have that trailer I agree but marketing people couldn't resist could they no they have to put it out there or what but, they could you know what they could have done is see what I would have done and obviously my marketing skills are wasted here but um, what I would have done is I would have had two or three Spider-Man Homecoming trailers without Spider-Man in them I would have had all these special effects with Mysterio and the and the things and Nick Fury talking to people, trying to sort to people. But basically, I would have not had Spider-Man in them. I would have had pictures of the suit. I would have had all of that, but I would not actually have had Tom Holland in it at all to kind of give the impression that maybe they somebody else had picked it up, picked up the role. Or, yeah, that would have been okay. You know, I think that would have been awesome. Um. So, Captain Mar, how many superhero movies have come out this year so far? Two, three. God, it's very hard to keep up. It is. I'll tell you. You want to know what the best superhero movie so far of the year is? What? Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, uh, which I've still not seen. But it is. Do. It is absolutely fantastic. 
within 10 minutes, you're going to forget you're watching animation. Mm-hmm. It is extremely well acted. The voice acting is some of the best I've seen in any kind of animation. I want to see more of that immediately. It's that good. It's yeah, it's Cole it. and I watched it together and it is just it's so good. You know, the movie, the music plays perfectly in it. You know, they use um kind of this um pop rap type of stuff going on. It mm-hmm. it, it all works a hundred percent. I believe the world a hundred percent. Um the characters it, it could be just super hokey. I mean it's got a spider pig in it. Come on. <laughs> Or Spider Ham, that's his name, Spider Ham. Um, <laughs> but it absolutely one hundred percent works. You got you got to watch before I, I, next I, week. I, I, I've got to watch it before next week. That might be difficult. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's on anywhere. Yeah, somewhere. Uh, it's it's really good, and it blows Captain Marvel away. It really does. And that's not. And I don't want to give the impression that I didn't enjoy Captain Marvel. It was okay. It just wasn't anywhere near the top of what I think they could have done with the character. It wasn't anywhere near uh, the good Marvel movies. And it's, it was just shoehorn raced in. And I think that if they really wanted to do it justice, they could have, but they chose not to. Well, I, I, I accept some of those criticisms, but I enjoyed it. I think a bit more than you did. And uh, you did. I th- and you're in, you're in line with Chad and well, maybe Chad, Chad was kind of like me. I think at some point he kind of gave me the look like, yeah, it's all right. Uh, the kids loved it, which is yeah. at the end of the day. That's let's be honest. That's they they made it for my kids. They made it for your kids. They didn't make it for you and I, but they kind of yeah. did. The young kids see movie that she really enjoyed it, and the cat was she, great. A good measure of any movie is whether she falls asleep in it, <clears> and I think she only dozed off during the farm Beginning. scenes for about five minutes. So. Yeah, and the farm scenes was actually some of the best parts of that movie. Yeah, no, because that's they actually establish character. Then you're yeah. like, oh, okay, look, we're actually yeah. getting character building moments. Heaven forbid, been sitting in this movie for an hour and twenty minutes, and I still don't know who the hell these characters are. You know who Nick Fury is, of course. Um, and the whole Coulson is a scroll with Nick Fury in the car. I love that. That was great. Yeah, I, th- I think you've been replaced by a scroll. I have been. working for uh, DC. DC. <laughs> I, I just want to actually want, just want to mention to you, so I, I've got a hospital appointment this week. I'm going to be in hospital three days, and I've loaded up a whole load of comic books on my uh, on my uh, iPad. Yeah. And so, uh, and I, I'm because I'm dipping in and out. I like to read the uh, kind of the collections, the series, rather than. You know, reading a regular book week by week mm-hmm. or anything like that. So I, 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 so I downloaded a whole load of stuff, and then I actually sat down and read one the other day. I read the the, the whole Death of Superman arc. Yeah, I gotta say, didn't like it much at all. No, it was bad. <laughs> really, really, it, it, it was really bad. Yeah, I, I really found it. I found it very contrived. Did you ever read uh, Ultimate Spider-Man? Uh, I've read some of the Ultimate stuff, but I don't think I've read that one. So Ultimate Spider-Man it picks up the origin story of Peter Parker. Yeah, but it's not. But it's current universe. Yeah. Yep. And it might be one of the best series of all time. Yeah. Um, it's really where Brian Bendis became who he is. Um, Brian Bendis. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Brian yeah, Bendis, that's yeah. Um, you should read. Ultimate Spider-Man, and then as soon as that's done, read Miles Morales' Spider-Man that came immediately after it. It is fan. The art is fantastic. The storytelling, 
the character development. It's it's the best Spider-Man stories you'll ever read. It really is. And that's saying something for somebody yeah. that's been collecting comics or reading comics since the I'll, 70s. I'll, I'll take a look at that. I, I did also go through the first Secret Wars. Oh. No, see, it, did you, see, you didn't read it when it was new. No, I didn't. See, and, and I, I did. can understand it being different when it was new. But to me, I... I I, I find the Marvel comics of that period, there's this whole business where all the characters are constantly telegraphing what they're going to do. Well, I'm going to do this because I am the ultimate. And I just find it, <laughs> and it yeah. really distracting. It is. You know, I, th- I, find, I, find, I think that's what it was. I thought the idea was very cool and everything, but I, I basically I found all the dialogue in Secret Wars atrocious. Oh, it was. But you got to remember when that came out, it was they didn't, there was no giant crossover event that like that that had ever happened before, mm. and Marvel characters occasionally would appear in each other's books. Like I remember when Spider Man showed up in the Fantastic Four it was a big deal. Yeah, but that was it. That's what started for good or ill the giant year end crossover event. So taken into context, I can still read that and, and immensely enjoy it, but only because I read it when it came out. Yeah. So with that, let's wrap up this episode of Tech Fan. We'd love to have feedback. The show at techfanpodcast.com. Find us on Twitter, Tech Fan Podcast, and of course, Facebook. See you next week, David. See you then.